Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. It is indeed good to be here this morning. And we do honor God our Father. We honor Jesus our Lord and Savior. We honor the precious Holy Spirit who lives within every believer. We give honor to the under-shepherd of this house and his wife. I honor my lovely wife of 38 years. 37. She corrected me, 37. I'm prophesying. Amen. We thank God for all these preachers in the house and all the deacons, all of New Piney Grove Church family and all the visitors and friends and to the youth this morning. It is Youth Sunday, so prayerfully we can address some of that. But if not, you'll be okay. Our subject this morning is as we continue on with this Pastor's Appreciation Weekend, We had a glorious time last evening, didn't we? Those that were able to come and and chickens died so that we might live and we enjoyed enjoyed that fried chicken. Amen, somebody. We're not going to worry your patience long. The hour was still early. Y'all might be in trouble. We're going to go on... uh, our lesson this morning will come from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, primarily, but we shall, before we get to Thessalonians, we have to first find out how Paul got to Thessalonica. And so we'll look at that. But we're looking along the subject of a proud pastor. A proud pastor. 20 years ago, Pastor Dave, along with the NPG Church family, and I think Union Grove Choir was in attendance at a then young pastor's installation. They came and rendered service, and and as this young pastor of 41 years old, as he began to look around and as he began to uh, serve as the underworld of that church, this young pastor then, he, he spoke proudly of uh, the, the, the edifice that he had the opportunity to stand and proclaim the truth. Uh, this young pastor, he spoke proudly of the stained glasses and they had names in the window of who had donated uh, the windows. And he, he spoke proudly of some of the parishioners, uh, Brother Jeff, in the congregation because some of the parishioners, they were noteworthy. In the community, matter of fact, one was a school superintendent and one was an administrator. One had great influence in the community as an entrepreneur, owning their own 
uh, mortuary business. And so this young pastor, he spoke proudly of these things. And, and as he spoke proudly of these things, and as this young pastor began to grow in the Lord, he began to find out that and ask the question, would these be the things that Jesus would speak proudly of? As this young pastor began to read the word, he came across the scripture in 1 Peter 2.25 indicates that Jesus is the shepherd and bishop of our souls. And so then the real question is, is Jesus concerned about buildings? Is Jesus concerned about soft cushioned pews? Is he concerned about programs to enjoy for ourselves? Is Christ concerned about that? Or is he more concerned about uh, hungry, homeless children and, old, and older folks that's going into a Christless eternity, never yet hearing about the name of Jesus? Not only that, are we here at New Piney Grove, are we so concerned about physical comforts and putting a Christian spin on the American dream? On this Pastor's Appreciation Sunday, the Apostle Paul conveys to us what kind of church would Jesus speak proudly of. And last night we talked about a pastor worth remembering. And we mentioned that a, a godly pastor who preaches the word and a godly pastor who, who has a faith worth imitating, that's the kind of pastor that is worth remembering. So this morning as we look at this text and we, as we look at this passage of scripture, keep in mind and, and, and just say and, and think on yourself, am I the kind of member that Jesus or a godly pastor would speak proudly of? Am I the kind of member that would cause Jesus to stand as he did when Stephen was being stoned and pay attention to me? Well, when we look at the scripture, we will find that this church in Thessalonica, Paul, he says in, in, in verse 3, he says, therefore, verse 4 rather, therefore we ourselves, we speak proudly of you. Now, this church was not like the church at Sardis that John wrote about in the book of, of the Revelation. For that church, it had a name that it was alive, but it was dead. Then there was another church that was going through great tribulation. It was going, matter of fact, the text said that it was going through ten waves of persecution. And you will find this morning that this church, it was in a similar predicament. For this church, it was founded by the Apostle Paul, Timothy, and Silvanus or Silas. But then when he had preached the gospel to this, these folk, he started first in the synagogue of the Jews. And then he would be ran out of the synagogue by the Jews. But then Paul would continue to keep preaching Jesus. And as he would preach Jesus, Paul said he preached with power of the Holy Ghost. And that's one thing about the Holy Ghost. He will use a vessel of God. Not only that, but the Holy Ghost, he will keep you from going to where you want to go personally. And he will forbid you from saying to somebody what you want to say personally. 
well, preacher, how do you know you're making it? Well, if you go, go and, and when you look at the text of Scripture in the book of Acts, Paul and Timothy and Silas, they were on Paul's second missionary journey. You see, Paul had went out on the first missionary journey with Barnabas, and, and then Paul and Barnabas, they had decided, so let's go back around the circuit into the churches that we were found, had founded, and let's encourage the brothers in the Lord. But then Paul and Barnabas, they came into sharp dispute because Barnabas wanted to take John Mark with him, who was a kinfolk of Barnabas. But because Mark had left them midway on the first missionary journey, Paul, I'm just, just thinking in my own sanctified mind, said, if, Barnabas, if, if Mark left us the first time, how do I know that he's not going to leave us the second time? And so as a result, Paul chose Silas. And then Barnabas chose Mark, and they went their separate ways. But Paul, he continued on on his second missionary journey. Along the way, he came in contact with Timothy, young Timothy. And then Timothy joined them on their journey. But then you will find in the book of Acts chapter 16 that Paul, he had a desire to take the, the, the gospel into Asia, modern-day Turkey. He had a desire to preach to folk in Asia. But something happened. And you'll find it in, when you go to the book of Acts chapter 16, and we have to go to the word now. In Acts chapter 16, we'll find out what happened when he tried to take the word to those that were in Asia. It says in chapter 16, verse 4, he said, And as they went on their way through the cities, they delivered them the decrees to keep, which had been ordained of the apostles and elders that were at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in faith and increased in number. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they were come against, over against Mysia, they assuaged or they tried to go into Bithynia. And the Spirit of Jesus suffered them not. And passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul at night. There was a man of Macedonia standing and beseeching him to come over to Macedonia and help us. And so the text reads as Dr. Luke writes. He says, and when he had seen the vision straightway, we, Dr. Luke said, we, sought to go forth into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. On Wednesday night, we have been studying the Trinity as Brother Jeff has been leading us in about who God is. Talking about how God is one God in three persons. We sing about it in our opening up. God, the Father, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost. And we see that God, in the person of the Holy Spirit, would not allow Paul to go into Asia at that time. We see how the Holy Spirit would not allow him to go into Mysia at that time. Because God had an ordained destiny 
for the Apostle Paul. And young folk, you need to understand that when you get into the word of God, when you begin to spend time with God, you'll find that the same God that led the Apostle Paul, he's the same God that want to lead you in every aspect of your life. The Bible says if you walk after the Spirit, you will not have to fulfill the lust and desires of your flesh. And God will use your parents and godly men and women in order to lead you by giving you godly wisdom and advice. Do I have a witness this morning? So we find that the, 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 the persistence of the Holy Spirit in the, in the life of the, the Apostle Paul, he led him to go into Macedonia, which is modern day Europe. So Paul, he goes into Macedonia. Paul, he ends up at Philippi. And then at Philippi, for those who read your Bible in the book of Acts, you remember that Paul, he encountered a demon-possessed young girl. Paul delivered her, and then he also led a Roman centurion's family to Christ. Then about a hundred miles up the road, Paul finds himself in Thessalonica. And in Acts chapter 17, the Bible said that Paul, he preached to the Thessalonians. And then we find ourselves at our main text. In Thessalonica, we see that the Apostle Paul, he was, he was led by the Spirit of God. And then we find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, chapter 1 rather, we see the predicament of these parishioners. We see in, 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 Thessalonians, in 2 Thessalonians that, that Paul spoke proudly of the Thessalonians. Well, why could he speak proudly of them? Timothy had to come back and give Paul a report after they had been to Thessalonica. And then so Paul sends back this letter about the report that he had heard from them about them from Timothy. And we find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, we see the predicament that they were in. We see, in, it says in chapter 1, verse 1 of 1 Thessalonians, What were they in? The Bible says in verse 1, it says, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, who were in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. So we see that they were in God and in Christ. In other words, they had been born from above. You got, got a lot of, not a lot of folks, but you got some folks that's in the walls but they're not in Christ. How do I know? Because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, what happens? He is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. And all these good things are from of God. So if you say you've been born again, but you're still doing the same thing you used to do, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Notice, first of all, that they were in Christ, they were in God, but something that's very interesting. They had been born again and they were in Christ. They were saved by the Spirit of God. But in verse 6, it says, You also became imitators of us and the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with joy of the Holy Spirit. So not only were they in Christ and in God, they were in tribulation. But wait a minute. 
Did somebody tell you that when you're born again, all your troubles are over? Did they mislead you and tell you that there's no more suffering in your life? Did they mislead you and tell you that, that when you get sick, all you got to do is pray and every time God will hear you? Did they mislead you? No. God is a healer, but God is sovereign. I prayed for my father when he had a stroke. He couldn't move any part of his body. As he laid there in ICU, my brother and I stayed, gathered around him. Two preachers laid hands on him, Grant. Prayed that God would raise him up. Got in my car and came back to Warner Robins, got word that my father went home to be with the Lord. Did God change? God didn't change, but I changed. I realized that God is sovereign. I realized that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I realized what Mary and Martha realized, that he is the resurrection and the life. They that believe in God, though they were dead, yet shall they live. And those who live and believe in them in God shall never die. So in tribulation, in, in persecution, God don't change, but, but, we, but we, if we're in God, we change. We realize that God is still on the throne. And these, that when Thessalonica, the Bible says that they were in tribulation, but the Bible says also with joy of the Holy Ghost. And one thing you will find that when you go through tribulation as a child of God, God gives you such a grace to take you through whatever trial that you're going through. And that grace that he gives you, you'll be able to stand in the midst of the persecution. You'll be able to stand upon the tribulation. It'll bring you closer to the throne of God. I begin to look at death in a different way when my father passed. I begin to see, Brother Fred, that death don't bother me now. Kind of like Dr. Martin Luther King, I'm not afraid now. For I have seen the promised land. I've seen it through scripture. I saw it through my father's eyes. When he was laying there and I see you and he couldn't speak. But his eyes would roll up toward heaven. He kept looking up toward heaven. And it was a few days after that my brother and I would realize that daddy was saying, let me go home to be with the Lord. Let me go. Take me off of this machine and let me go home. So we find that these that was in Thessalonica, they were in Christ, they were in God, but they was in tribulation. They was in persecution because you see that the envious Jews, they would, they would begin to persecute those who had crossed over from Judaism into Christianity. The envious Jews tried to stir up trouble everywhere that the Apostle Paul went. And as a result, every church that he had founded, they had, they was going through persecution. So we find also that what made this, this pastor proud was this pastor, he was, he, he was, he contributed to the spiritual well-being and the spiritual growth of this church. Look at 
1 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning at verse 11. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, notice the Apostle Paul, we see the prayers then of this pastor. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, he says in verse, verse 10, As we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. And then in verse 11, he said, he prays, Now may our God and Father and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. And may the Lord call you. Notice what he does. He says he prays for. Now, now Paul, we're, in we're being persecuted, Paul, by the Jews. We're in tribulation, Paul. We need you to pray for us, Paul. And notice what he prays. And I'm... And may the Lord cause you to be relieved and delivered from your persecutors. That's what your verse says. Y'all ain't reading your Bibles. I got a different translation then. He says in verse 12, and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in what? In love for one another and for all people just as we also do for you, so that he may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father and the come at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Paul wasn't concerned about the persecution that they were going through because Paul realized that the pressures of life, it has a tendency to purify the saint. The persecution in the church will purify the church. It says it here in the text, it says that he may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father and at the coming of our Lord Jesus and his saints. So Paul prays that their faith would increase. Paul prays that their love would grow for each other and for one another. Paul prays that they would be completely sanctified. So what kind of church then would make a godly pastor proud? I submit to you that a church that had love one for another a church that has a faith that grows. A church that is being sanctified. Their whole spirit, soul, and body being sanctified. Paul said, and this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you abstain from fleshly lust. That's the kind of church that makes a godly pastor proud of. So notice, because Paul had prayed this, Going over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 now, we see that God had answered his prayer. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, at his only fitting, because your faith is greatly enlarged, and the love of each other, of one another toward one another, it grows ever greatly, greater. Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you. 
So Paul, he, he, he says, you have an exceedingly growing faith. Paul said, you don't just have faith, but you have exceedingly growing faith. Reminds me of the story that Jesus, when, when, in, in the Gospels, when Jesus told his disciples in the book of Luke and in, in, in Matthew, he says, Jesus got into the boat and he said to them, get in and let's go over to the other side. The text says, let us go over. Now, Jesus is in the ship. And there a great storm arose on the ocean. And the sea of Galilee was tossed and turned. But Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship sleep. Jesus had worked hard and now he was getting some much needed rest. The disciples got in a tizzy. How many of us get in a tizzy when our children are acting like they ought to act? How many of our children, you, you get in a tizzy when your parents don't act the way that God said they ought to act? What about when things go wrong on your job? What about when that, that, that loved one that you love so dearly, God calls them into eternity? What about when someone on the school campus, they are bullying you because they see you carrying your Bibles? Do you get all upset in a tizzy? The disciples went and woke Jesus up and said, Jesus, carries down not that we perish. Jesus got up from his sleep. Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves. And then he spoke, calmed the, the sea. And they said, what matter of, of, of man is this that even the wind and waves obey him? But Jesus asked a pointed question to the disciples. He said, where is your faith? You've been walking with me. Where is your faith? But we see these that in Thessalonica, they didn't just have faith. They had exceedingly growing faith. And I want to ask you this morning, is your faith growing? Are you able to trust God when you're going through? The only way you're going to find out if your faith is growing. God has to put you in the press. God allows things to break out in our lives. The very thing that's close to us, God, he puts his finger on that thing. Sometimes it's a loved one. Sometimes it's a job. Sometimes it's a social circle. Sometimes it's an organization. But God puts his finger on that thing and, and God began to show me if I love that thing more than I love him. And it'll come out when the pressure comes on you. When you begin to say in your mind, I thought, God, you were always there for me. God, I thought you was able to do this. Well, if God always did what I wanted God to do, then that would make God just like me. In other words, I'm making God me. I become God. I'm telling God what to do. I know more than God. But that is the kind of God that we serve. So not only did they have exceedingly growing faith, but they had plentiful love. They were, they were a loving family. This church was made up of Jews and Gentiles. They were made up of folk of different, different ethnicities, if you will. But yet they had such a love for each other. 
James says, if you say that you have faith and, and have not works, he says, can that kind of faith save you? He said that the, 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 the kind of faith that can save you is when you see orphans and widows and when you visit them and when you see someone that is without, then you share with them with, from what you have. Why is it all the time, well, not all the time, but sometimes when, when somebody has a need, we got to bring it to the deacons. No, we don't have to bring it to the deacons. If God has blessed you on your income tax, you got a refund that you think you, you didn't think know you was going to get, you got this extra money, and then God brings a need to you, they ain't got to be necessarily part of New Pine and Grove, but they're part of the body of Christ especially, then God is calling you to meet that need. Well, no, this, this, this is for me. This is my income tax. Yeah, you're right, it is. If you spend it. But if it's God's, then God will lead you on how to use your resources. So the love of these saints, it was growing ever greater. In other words, these saints, Pastor Dave, they were patient with each other. They were long-suffering with each other. They were kind to one another. They didn't, we talked about this morning, they didn't keep records of wrong, Grant. Just because you wronged me in 2017, and I'm still holding on to what, what Deacon said to me. I'm still holding on because they gave somebody else a sympathy card and I didn't get one for my, my grandmother. They said this, gave remarks, and it was 2007 about me and move on. So this church family, they were not full of pride. They wasn't rude. They were always concerned about self. Have you ever just prayed and you always prayed for somebody else during that prayer? And you were the last person you prayed for? Have you ever prayed and you pray for Pastor David, Mama Ann, and the New Piney Grove Church family? And you pray for, for those on the sick list, those that are going through bereavement? Have you ever picked up the phone to call them to just check on them and see how they're doing? Have you ever went by the, the hospitals and the nursing homes just, just to visit someone that couldn't get out? Have you, ever, have you ever thought about doing that? Now, young people, let me just share this with you. You don't wait, you have to wait until you get my age to visit the nursing home. You don't have to wait until you get my age to visit somebody that's sick in the hospital. When our son was growing up, we took him with us to the nursing home. We took him with us to the hospital to visit those that were sick. We took him with us. How are they going to learn, adults, if we don't take them with us? Ron shared about how he took... Kelton and his sons out on evangelism with him. How are they going to learn how to evangelize if we don't take them with us? We can take them more than just to the game, to Disney World. We need to take them when it comes to ministry. So not only was this church exceedingly growing in their faith, they had plentiful love, but notice the progression of these parishioners. And back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, we see how they progressed. So Paul had prayed for them. God had answered his prayers. But in 1 Thessalonians, notice what, 
what else Timothy brought back a report on? In verse 7 of 1 Thessalonians, he says, so that you became ex examples to all believers. Notice now this church in Thessalonica, they were an example to the church that was in Philippi. He said to the, all believers that was in Macedonia. Remember, Philippi is in Macedonia. You were an example to the believers in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything, for they themselves report to us about report about us what kind of reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he has raised from the dead that is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come. As a result of Paul preaching the gospel under the anointing power of the Spirit, as he was led by the Spirit to the Thessalonians. The Bible says they were born again of the Word of God. The Bible said that Paul prayed that their faith would increase, that their love would grow, that they would be sanctified. And as a result of him praying that, we find after, afterwards in 2 Thessalonians that God answered his prayers. Their faith began to grow. They had a greater love for one another and they were being sanctified by the truth for God's word is truth. So this in itself then shows us what would make a pastor proud. This shows us that we here, we can make our pastor proud if we have this kind of love if we have a faith that in the midst of the persecution that we go through, we still love God more than anything else in life. And if we are being sanctified by the truth, for God's word is truth. But you can't be sanctified by the truth if you don't know the truth. Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 8, says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus said you got to know the truth to be set free. A lot of us, we are held in bondage because we don't know the truth. We don't avail ourselves to the truth as it's being preached and taught right here at New Pine Grove. We don't avail ourselves to the truth and get into the word of God for ourselves. But you got to know Jesus for yourself. I heard grandmama talking about him. I heard my mom and daddy talking about him. But when pressure came in my life, I had to get to know God for myself. I had to fall down on my own knees and cry out, God, if you're the same God that I heard grandmama talking about, if you're the same God that I heard the preacher preaching about, that walked the Via Della Rosa, you're the same God that hung your head in the locks of your shoulders. If you're the same God that died on yonder's cross, 
if you're the same God that got up with all power in your head, then God, I need you to rescue me from this life of sin. I can't get out, God. I tried to get out. But God, you are able to bring me out. I believe by faith that you can save me from my sin. And by God's grace, he reached way down. He picked me up out of the muck and the mire and clay. He placed my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my mouth. He put praise on my lips. And for that reason, people will hear from my own mouth that Jesus, he is able to deliver you from sin. He is able to keep you from falling. He is able to bless you. He's able to hold you in the hollow of your hand. When that loved one dies, Jesus will be there to comfort you. When you can't sleep in the midnight hours, he'll dry brownie tears. When your children, they don't want to come home, he's able to comfort you. I know he's able. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.